MSW Media. Well, pour yourself a glass, sit for a spill. It's time to have some fun. Let's do a little thinking, some picking and a drinking. This is what we're drinking with Dan Dunn. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Kali King. <laughs> like his little laugh there at the end. I am Dan Dunn, and what we're drinking today on the show is a hodgepodge of adult beverages, and we're going to be doing that at 11 City. 11 City is a diner, deli in uh, Mid Wilshire area of Los Angeles. It's fantastic. It's, I think it's kind of new. We'll, we'll get more on that. But I, I, I'm, I'm very excited about being here today, and I'm glad you're joining us. Okay, so the Emmy nominations came out. I'm a big fan of the of the series on Netflix. Somebody feed Phil. Uh, love the show. It's uh, in my opinion. The best, the best, the very best food-related show there is. And I'm a big fan of it. And, and I was overjoyed when, when Somebody Feed Phil just got nominated for an Emmy Award for Best Unstructured Reality Series. Unstructured Reality Series. And I got inspired by it, and I thought, today's show, I'm going to do an unstructured podcast. This podcast, normally we have a theme. We come on, we're like, oh, we're going to talk about, you know, uh, the Yalta Conference and the invention of the Dirty Martini, but not today. Today, completely unstructured. You don't know what's going to happen. It could be chaos today on the show. Complete chaos. And joining me for my unstructured edition of the podcast is the man who hosts Somebody feed Phil, the great Phil Rosenthal. Hello, we're unstructured. We are totally unstructured, man. Um, in fact, man. let me take off my pants. Yeah, there we go. Look, these people are looking at us now. Phil, thanks for joining us. And, uh, oh, we also have this guy, too. Uh, old friend of the show, writer, comedian, bon vivant. Dri Tom, driver of Phil driver to of this Phil podcast, to, to so this. he'll come. Tom Caltabiano. How yeah, are you, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's good to see you, Dan. Bravo. And good to Phillip. see you, yes. everybody. need to run home. You do need to Is ride that home. true? I just dropped off here. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there you go. All I'll right. talk to my people, yeah. See if you get some people. I can talk. actually walk here. <laughs> no, I can <laughs> walk here. So what I did today, and we're going to get to this. As a matter of fact, we should probably jump in it soon, is because it's unstructured, I just, I went into my home bar. Yeah. And I just grabbed some stuff. Just uh, random stuff. This is stuff that I probably wouldn't normally drink. Be drinking but it's but good enough for me it's good enough for you um, <laughs> and dan just so you you're you're, you're big in the business which I means you huge, get a lot of yeah. no but you're not like a normal person's bar where they they buy some gin and vodka you have collections from around the world that have been sent to you or people send in me your home stuff that i never knew i wanted can yes. you come yeah. to my house and kind of evaluate what i have i would love to I, I got gifts and things and i don't <laughs> even know what i have Dunk like i have a little wine cellar Remember when we were all into wine on yes. the show? Tom worked on uh, Raymond with me for nine years. By the way, Phil, Phil created Everybody Loves Raymond. By the Tom, way. Tom rode Phil's coattails. I sat next to Phil for to nine years glory. writing Everybody yeah. Raymond. But, you know, I would collect this stuff. And so I have a little wine cellar, temperature controlled. Not a big deal. Just it's almost more like a closet. Yeah. But there's, I guess there's a couple hundred bottles in there. And 
I don't know, like, I didn't know that Napa wine, you don't age the way you do French or Italian wine, right? Well, I mean, the varietal matters a lot, too. What yes. kind of varietal you're, you know, like the Napa cabs now, I mean, these things are built to go a long time, you know. Uh, built but a age. lot of them were meant to be drunk right then. Earlier on, I mean, the, the way they're making Cabernet in, in Northern California yeah. now, they're making it to age, okay? I'm talking about, um, like, 20-year-old wines now. Yeah, yeah that, that's that's probably kind of the sweet spot for Is a lot it? of those. Yeah, no, now it's, we got to start but that's drinking the difference. Time. That's the difference, Phil. Like, you, can, you could drink a 1961 yes. Bordeaux right now, and it's probably going to be fantastic. Best wine on earth. I know this. You do? Which 1961 one? 1961 Petrus. Do you have any? Do I have had any? it. Oh. I didn't, I didn't uh, buy it. But I had it. Where once. did you Where did you have it? I had it at a crazy, fantastic uh, uh, event where uh, it was populated by drunken billionaires. Yeah, and they were opening the, this stuff. The sorts of folks who is can it, afford cases of Petrus. I don't know if it was cases, it, but they had some it, it's worth telling the most truncated version of that story, Phil. I know the long version of it, but just the it, we were at this uh, restaurant called. Uh, Ver, uh, Veritas in New York. Okay. That was the most famous thing about Veritas was they had the best wine cellar in New York. Yes. No longer there. And bringing it back. I was there. I just read something. They're going to bring it back. Oh. Veritas. Yeah. And yeah. I have a friend, a, a friend of a friend who's a very wealthy wine connoisseur, loves to drink. And he had all his buddies there and they were drinking very rare vintages, stuff from 1921. And I, I asked possibly the best question you can ask a drunken billionaire. <laughs> what can, would you say is the best? Can I borrow a million dollars? Because they wouldn't remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. I don't and, and he said, it's between the 61 Petrus and the 61 uh, Latour. The best. As a matter of fact, he goes, can you bring us a magnum of the 61 Petrus? Wow. And a here magnum. it comes. A magnum. And it comes out. Now, you would know what this costs. More than I'm making. Yeah. Yeah. Tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah, right? for sure, yeah. Because there's not a lot of it left. Well, I taste this thing, and I suddenly understand everyone's obsession because it was the most delicious anything I'd ever put in my mouth, and it changed flavors from the front of my mouth to the back of my mouth. Absolutely. And then the finish was like... An hour and a half. So right? how long so ago was, was this that you had this? How many years ago? I'm going to say 20 years ago. 2000, okay. 2000, 2000 yes. somewhere in there. So it was probably 30, but 40 I mean, years old. It was that, that sip of that wine was the most phenomenal food experience. It was like a special effect in a movie. That's what it was like. It was but like your brain exploded. I suddenly got why people chase this elusive thing. The second sip was just as delicious, but completely different. And it, the entire, you know, glass. Yeah. And I had two or three glasses of this wine. And in the middle of the second glass, I said, I understand why this is your favorite. And he goes, yeah, it's between that and the Latour. As a matter of fact, he goes, bring us a magnum of the Latour, the 61 Latour. <laughs> so I have the, now this wine is phenomenal. And it would have been the greatest glass of wine I ever had in my life if I hadn't just had the 61 Petrus, which I'm going to say was, for me, a little better. The Petrus was better. 
Maybe it's because it was the first one. Okay. You know, if let's I, find out. Tour, Get the waiter over yeah, here. Yes. yes. But I, I think hear you at could, the diner. You could let's go see. So, so if you were going to go like the classic vintages yes. of, of in Bordeaux, yes. generally it's like 59, 61, yeah. 66. The 70s were not great in Bordeaux. Yes. 75 was probably the best. Okay. Then you got 82 and 80, 82, 83. Yes. Very, very famous. 82 I've had. 95. So that's like the, oh, really? the, the last 50 years of the 20th century. So I'm guessing 95 is a little easier to get. Yeah, yeah. You can you could probably get a bottle of night. Like, so you, you, if you're looking at like uh, Chateau Margaux or yes. any of those, a uh, couple grand. Probably a couple grand for a bottle of that. Yeah. I don't spend my money on this. No. I don't. It's not my priority. I'm, I'm food is my priority. Sure, I'll spend that on a meal. But don't you don't you feel that a bottle of wine of that magnitude of that depth could just take a, a meal and elevate it to just that whole another level? Yes, you're on another planet. Yeah, you're. On, I mean, forget. I mean, if if I gave a sip of that sixty one produce to anyone on the earth, they would get it. Yeah. And people lose their minds over this. And then, because of that, there are a lot of counterfeits out there. And by oh, the sure. way, about my little wine cellar, a lot of times I open the bottle and it's not good anymore. Yeah, I mean, you can get cork wines. I mean, I just, yeah. uh, in fact, on last week's show, we had uh, Kurt Russell was on the show. Yeah. He had brought along a bottle of 2002 Kistler, which is a Northern California uh, Pinot Noir that he brought. Kurt was very excited. He loves Kistler, yeah. we're saving that. That was going to be the wine that we had at the end. Yep. And opened it up. Turned. Cor- corked. That's <laughs> terrible. Which is just, you know, it's... What it's, a disappointment. Imagine spending thousands of dollars on a bottle of wine and opening it to find out it's no good. Yeah, well, you know, if most brokers, if you if you get a bottle, you get it, and it's a cork bottle, you'll, they'll refund your money. Really? But, but when you're talking about the, the counterfeit stuff, that guy Rudy Kernawioan, uh, it was this guy, very famous counterfeiter, was based out here in California. Yeah. He was ripping everybody sure. off with fake wines. He, the guy figured out how to make to blend yep. in his kitchen, in wow. his mom's house. Wow. And he was fooling the biggest wine collectors in the world. They wrote a book about it. It, wow. it was crazy. So, when well, you're talking about the best thing you ever had, Phil, I think yeah. then you've opened the door for me. Yes. To bring on the first, since this is unstructured. Yeah. And we're going to talk about that category. So we didn't know we were getting in that whole wine discussion. So no. I brought along this. It it's is got a the skull and crossbones on it. Captain Morgan. <laughs> Captain, <laughs> I don't know anything about this because it's unstructured, and I figured why research it. You know. So this is Captain Morgan Cannon Blast. And it says, Are we just getting? Is today the stuff he's gotten in a gift bag? Yeah, this is at stuff a charity that gets sent event. Dan's whole so, life is the gift bag. So it looks like a, it looks like a. What does this look like? A, a bomb? A cannonball? Like a cannonball? Bomb. Yeah, and it has a, a skull and crossbones on it, and it says an intensely delicious shot. I'm going to go on a limb and say we might not all feel that way after we try, it, but let's. Let's try this. It looks like an old cannonball. It has a picture of a pirate on it. Or it's uh, already a the, it's already a gimmicky thing. Yeah. The big black bomb that you would see on Bugs Bunny. By the way, I didn't eat today. Yeah, no, don't, don't 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 don't. This is the first thing I'm putting in my. This is stomach. why Phil loves coming on my shows. All right, should I try it? Uh, yeah, let, let me get Tom's glass too. Here Tom. you go. Here you go. No, we're all we're all gonna. We suffer. can really share a glass. Suffer. Okay, you guys share, and I'll. By the way, it smells. I don't. I. Let's talk about the nose on this for a second. I'm gonna I'm gonna say aqua velva. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, okay, a, a word it, I haven't heard it out in there 17 years. Aqua velva. All right, let me. 
You're not far off. I was going to say Drakkar Noir, but okay. uh, maybe a little classier. Tom? Here's your glass, Tom. Yeah. Your, oh, Tom's trying to get out of drinking this. No, you? no, I'm happy to drink. <laughs> all right, a taste. Here we go. Cheers. So here we go. Cheers. Phil Rosenthal, man, goes all over the world, eats some of the most exotic foods there are. Now he's going to get going to apply that. Coming off this. of a Petrus story. All right. I don't it's very hate sweet. it. I don't hate it. It's really sweet. It's sweet. It's Let's order some pancakes. <laughs> you could pour this <laughs> yes. over if you want. That's wanted. very sweet, right? It is an insanely sweet. Uh, this is this this should be in every dorm room in America. It's a sugar bomb, is yes. what it is. I taste zero alcohol, even right. though there's alcohol in there. So for you kids out there, you might want to start with this one. Okay, Captain so Morgan, we're going to give Black. this. We're not going to. I don't know that we're going to put this in the. We're endorsing. We're giving it three pourbacks. We're not in three <laughs> pourbacks. Um, so anyway, that it is tasty though. It's just you know, nothing fine. wrong with it. It's fine. It, and I if think Captain it's Morgan wants to sponsor my show, I'm, I'm here for you. Yeah, but <laughs> but uh, this may not be the ideal product for someone of my age. No, that's what I was thinking. If you were born like say prior to the most recent Bush administration, you probably would... If my children wanted to take up drinking, I would yeah, start this would here. be the one. Yeah. So, Phil, let's talk about this Emmy nomination, because I'm talk very happy it. for you, first of all. You, you, the show's great. It's my first nomination since 2005. It's been a dry dry spell. Yeah, I haven't... Yeah, it's been lonely without Was yeah, it expected? Emmy. Did you expect Not it? at all. Not at all. Not at all. We are, you know, we're not a big celebrity-driven show. We're not... We're... we're, we're kind of I don't know we're, we're popular enough to be in the top 5% of shows that Netflix was picking up they're only picking up 5% of their existing shows this year okay so we're in that group somebody get that phone you are you uh, are the top the most popular show with the word Phil in the title I'm gonna say yes <laughs> by the way Tom you need to know out here the guests. My guests are not wearing their headphones, so they chose not to wear the headphones. You are so correct. I'm, when I click my camera, I just, just gave you. Oh, one. you just oh, did good. for me. Oh. Nice. Want another one? <laughs> no, wait till wait every till time he speaks should happen. Yeah, there you go. Um, so this was completely unexpected. Okay. In, in answer to your question, and delightful. Here's the main reason you want one of these nominations. It's not why we do a show. But because of the attention that you then receive at the network, yes. now we're not just one of your shows, we're one of your Emmy-nominated Emmy shows. And you've won Emmys. How many have you won? You've won a bunch, right? Well, Raymond was nominated for 70-something Emmys, and we won at least 16, I think. Where do you have your Emmys? I came on a very high shelf because they're very dangerous weapons. They do look kind of, they got the pointy, you could really, they got the pointy. In fact, I, I believe Tucker Crawley stabbed someone inadvertently on the way into the Emmy party the last year. Oh. He was holding it, you know, down with the with the wings pointed forward. A Raymond Ryder who won an Emmy yes. for writing, yeah. And, okay. and jabbed someone in the buttocks with, uh, oh, yeah, I, I forget who it was. Man, Tucker, if you're cuts. listening, t call in and tell us. So if somebody broke into the house, you'd yeah. have, you could start chucking Emmys at them. That's what they're okay. for. Yeah, that's what they're there for. Right. Weapons. Tom, you got a couple Emmys too, right? I do. They're on Phil's. Phil <laughs> made me keep them at his house. <laughs> and uh, so you got this Emmy. Now, yes. what? Is, I, I I do need to understand this. This is new, right? The structured versus unstructured right. reality show. Right. How do you under? What do you understand the difference to be? You're an. Uh, you're so like Queer Eye is is a 
is in the structured category. Okay. I'm glad about that because you don't want to be against them. You don't They're want to very, be very them. popular. Yeah. And very, very good. Yeah. I guess there's more of a structure to that show than mine. My show, I go to a city and I'm showing you the best places to eat. That's kind of the structure of the show. That's it. Very loose. Sure. They have a set mission and almost formula to what they do. That's right. They're so taking they're coming at it from different perspectives, yeah. the different experts in their fields, and they're doing a makeover in every way on a human being or a business. So there is a structure to that. There's going to be a beginning, middle, end. Okay. There is no beginning, middle, end to my show unless I find it in editing. Yes. Right? So when you go, what I'm... We've talked about your show on some of the previous times we've been together, but what do you do? Everybody sees what's happening when you're doing the show, what, what comes out in the edit. Yeah. How much downtime do you get when you're in these places? Or are I, you being run? I, no, right? I get some downtime. It's really luxurious. Really? It's really I, I, I always tell people I live better than a rock star because the rock star goes to the town. What does he see? The plane, the limo, the hotel, the venue. Yeah. That's it. And then it's back in the limo, back to the plane. Back to the next town, limo, hotel, venue. That's it. I might, first of all, the job is for me to experience the city. So that's, and then there are times when they literally do not want me in the shot because they're either filming the food itself before I get there, like the, the pre-stuff before I go, or they're filming, they're getting B-roll, which means the extraneous shots of the city itself because we want to set the place. I'm not, I don't need to be in those shots. Yes, there are times when they want me walking through the city, of course, but there are times when they actually don't need me. So I get to go and do what I want. Now, how do you prepare? To give an example, when I was coming here today to do this show with you, I looked at the menu here at Eleven City, and, yeah. I, and I was just salivating. It looks yes. so good, yes. and I can't wait to eat, so I, I didn't eat anything today as yes. well. How do, do you have to prep when you're yes. going to do the show? Do you, uh, I'm not going to eat this morning because I've got Absolutely. it. Absolutely. So, you know how they make a dog food commercial? Yeah. They don't feed the dog until the commercial. Okay. I'm, I'm the dog. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah, because you want to be excited that the food is coming. Yes. There, I, I think if, all, all I have really is, is a stupid sense of humor and whatever enthusiasm I can genuinely bring to the table, right? But I, I was just going to say... I just have to go back to the better than a rock star life because the groupies for the gluttonous talk show host are yeah. much different than the groupies for rock stars. <laughs> I'm just they're way better. Slightly, <laughs> yeah, slightly different. No, yeah. no, no, My Phil, groupies are phenomenal. I bet they are. Yeah. In fact, uh, there's a sign-up sheet. There is. Yeah. yeah. All right. People want to run. I'm a groupie, man. I'm in. I'm in. See, this is what I'm talking this about. Is, <laughs> so you, so Phil, explain to me what happens when you're when you get a dish. Yeah. And you don't like it. You don't see it in the show. You just never see it on the show. Uh, Jonathan Gold, rest in peace. Yeah. Uh, late late uh, uh, food critic, yeah. Pulitzer Prize winning food critic, L.A. based, uh, passed so away. So his philosophy was he's got a column and it's once a week. And he understood that he had tremendous influence. In fact, he's the only restaurant critic who ever won a Pulitzer Prize. Yes. Okay? So he understood that he could literally make or break a family. Yeah. Or a restaurant, right? He took that responsibility very seriously, and he did something beautiful. Besides that responsibility, he said, if, 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 I, if I have a column once a week, I have an opportunity to turn you on to a great place. 
Why would I waste that opportunity by being negative? That only serves him. Exactly. A lot of critics love to write the negative review because you get to be funny, you get to be, you know, show off, you know, your, your, how clever you are in the negative review. And it can be very entertaining, let's be honest. But now Don't we feel like a bunch of assholes to Captain Morgan right now? Man. No, I don't I, think we were. I, don't, I think we were very kind to Captain Morgan. We were. It was but good I think, stuff. Fi, I think, Phil, your, your philosophy a, is get people off the couch and have, travel. If, you, if, yeah. if I have a limited number of episodes and a limited number of scenes in that episode, if I want you to travel, why would I bother showing you the places I don't like? Exactly. I want to show you the best places. So what, that's what the show is for. But what do we not see then? So have you... Do you mask you it? you got to kiss a lot of do you, frogs. Do you mask it to the people that are serving you the I'm food? always polite. Yeah. But the politeness isn't really stage-worthy either. Yeah. So there's little of that. I, when you watch the show, you are genuinely seeing what I genuinely think are the best things. Okay. Right? For the most part. For the most part. And I think you can tell when I... Listen, I can't really, really, really love every bite of everything. It's of not course, real. Of course. And I, I want things to stand out as well. Yeah. Think, if everything's exceptional, nothing's exceptional. What would you say, just off the top of your yeah. head, what's the best thing I ever ate that you've had while doing the show? Where you just. There's something that's popping to the forefront of my mind right now is the, this bowl of cow soy that I had in Chiang Mai, Thailand. Okay. You drive, drive, drive out to this shack. I don't even know what cow soy is. K-H-A-O, and then another word, S-O-I. And I eat Thai food here in L.A., but I never had this particular dish. I never even heard of it. So what it is is a big bowl of coconut curry-based soup. I remember watching With hand-pulled yeah. noodles in it, like the best pasta you ever had. And then it's, there's pickled mustard greens and shallots and chilies. And so there's a great kind of spice level to this. And then whatever uh, chicken or beef or pork or tofu, I got one with chicken, I got one with beef, fresh as can be, with crispy noodles on top. So it's clicking all the boxes for taste and texture. And it's just perfectly balanced, wonderfully on the edge, spicy, most delicious thing you ever had in your life, and it's a dollar. Wow. Which is my second favorite price. <laughs> and great. this sticks in my mind because of I never had it before it was a dollar and it was truly one of the best things ever it was like all these lessons in life combined in this bowl and I ate two full bowls one chicken one beef in the show and then we went back on the way to the airport that's how we know that it's truly one of the greatest things because we're going to eat it now off camera too and there's usually one place at least one place per city where that happens, where the crew goes, can we go back to that thing? Yeah. You, sorry, you know what, what came yeah. out of that also, yeah. which is good since if you can't afford to go to Chiang Mai, right. uh, is you posted a picture of a cow soy soup in L.A. I'd never heard of cow soy yeah. either. Yeah. And it turns out to be right by my house. Yes. And so I became aware of it from your show. Is this and the now place you're, that you told yes, me to go? So yeah, it's it's absolutely literally called... Cow soy tie. Yeah, it's up in uh, where's the studio? Studio, studio, studio. Yeah, so off of Ventura. You sent me it's there, tremendous. and I went in, and Tom said you got to try this, and I did, and it was an amazing. I've had a few great ones now so, in L.A. And after you travel and you have that dish that you never had before, 
and you discover that, oh, there are places in my town that make it, well, now you have a gift. Yeah. Yeah. And so I and Dan both had cow soy because of your show Did and discovering like that. I loved it. I thought it was so it's great. It's an amazing yeah. dish. I, it was so, so good. And speaking of good, yeah. Oh. Remember, let's, let's try Let's pull something Moving else on out to Another bag. free promo gift let's that see. he got. This one here I have, and I yes. again, it's being an unstructured episode. I didn't do much research, although I have been here before. This is a Talisker, which is a scotch. Oh, that's very but good. But this is a branded Talisker from Game of Thrones. This will so, be terrible. So they put out a Game of Thrones... Uh, Talisker. No, it could just be regular Talisker. <laughs> so Talisker is uh, on the Isle of Skye, yes. which is in the northwest uh, part of the Hebrides uh, in Scotland. So here, Phil, pouring you some. This is a House Greyjoy Game of Thrones wow. Talisker. That's enough. All right, Tom. I didn't eat yet today. There we go. And a little bit for me. Am I going to see dragons and fairies? Oh, and here we I go. All right, let's 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 see. Cheers. Cheers. I got a wartime Cheers. pour. There we go. Okay. All right, that's just regular Talisker right there. It's, that tastes like of Talisker. Course. Yeah. And it's a gr- that's a grown-up drink, and it's beautiful. It's really nice. Tom, what are you getting I love there? you, Dan. What are you getting? Del- I knew it. Yeah, that is delicious. It tastes like I Talisker. I mean, you taste the thing about scotch that we love is that there's terroir, right? Yes. You sense the land and the earth and the sea that this came from. Exactly. In the different regions of Scotland, right? You get the peat right there. Yes. It, right on this. You get that grassiness to it, and it's... A, and... and, and this is one of my favorite scotch because it's not overpowering. Like Talisker's not. Yeah. You can get those really peaty scotches like Lagavulin, Lafroy. Oh, it's like uh, drinking an ashtray or which, something. It's, which it's crazy. I actually like the very peaty, like Brooklotic, Octomore. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. But this one is just the right yes. level. There's that nice balance there. Balance is the right word. It's and, very, very good. Yeah. So, okay, we're giving that one the Talisker. Can that be a everybody. parting gift for Phil? There's almost a Scotch used to be my, my drink of choice. We even joined at the show, we joined a Scotch tasting society. That was really fun. I remember we talked about this yes. in a previous episode, and, yes. used to have, and you'd have some tastings in the, in the office and stuff, too, and right? Phil, you, after you were, hours, you, people, after, after hours, so, uh, like after a, t- a successful taping, yes. we would retire back to my office, which had a couch and some seats. And we'd open some bottle of scotch. And, and then there was events, right? That that yes. society came to L.A. once a year. And, and it was like a food festival, but scotch. Scotch malt you know whiskey they, society. You know, why, you yes. know why you did it? Did you, did you know scotch. about that? I love scotch. Scotch is scotch, scotch. I'm sorry? Here so they're not wearing scotch. headphones. So they can't hear that I'm playing. Uh, 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 uh. I love this. Can I keep doing that? Yes. Playing things that you guys can't hear? That's fine. That was Ron Burgundy going, I love scotch. Scotchy, scotch, scotch. Yes, yes, yes. Um, oh, too late, Tom. No, no, I won't do it again. All right, one more time just for Tom. Mm. I love scotch. I love scotch. It's a very scotch good bit. Scotch, scotch. Here it goes down. He does a podcast now. Who does? Did Will you Ferrell? Know that? Will Ferrell as Ron Burgundy. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. Can you get get me on that podcast? I want to get you on that (laughs) podcast. I was like, can I get on any podcast other than this one? Um, (laughs) Well, I'm sure he's not giving out drinks like you. You know what? You were already the best podcast. That's right. And we're going to do the the last thing that I brought today. We're going to try. This is Ron Meal. Okay. You know what Ron Meal is? No. Ron Meal is a honey rum uh, from the Canary Islands, which is owned by the Spanish. Yes. Uh, This comes from the Arahucas Distillery, which is the oldest uh, distillery in the Canary I love Islands. Anything Spanish. Yeah, and so this is. Ron Mule thinks it's going to be good. I think we're going to like this one. Okay. And uh, it's called. How would you pronounce this, Phil? Guacho? Guacho? 
Guanche? Guanche. Guanche. Okay. Let's say Guanche. It's made with molasses. It's aged seven years, and then they blend it with natural honey harvested from neighboring islands that are famous for their honey. So let me get your glass here, Phil. Yes, sir. Put this in. This is the Ron Meal. Nice. When I say that's R-O-N-M-I-E-L, Tom. Yes, sir. Meal means honey. Meal means honey. See? Here we go. A little bit of that. And uh, see, we got to learn something on every episode. And I feel like this is our moment. We're going to learn what Ron meal tastes like when you pour it into a glass that just had talisker in it. Yes. And And Captain Morgan. Cheers. Cheers. Okay, here we go. Sweet. It's sweet, but not cloyingly sweet, I think. Not cloyingly sweet. Yeah. It almost has like a brown butter quality to wow. it, doesn't it? That is delicious. It really is it's, good. It's, that is, um, can, can are I you getting, a little more? Are you getting butter on there from is, that? Yeah, there is Thank a little you, bit friend. of butter and some vanilla. Did you like it? <laughs> Phil's got good? fans coming up to the show. By the way, Canary right? Islands. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, Canary okay. Islands are off the island I'm of I'm saying hi to everybody. Spain, off who, of Africa. Uh, Africa. Yes. Just ate at the diner, and I wanted to know if they liked it. Yeah. Yes. Bye. Bye. So this, this is I, delicious. I, there's a little bit of citrus too, and a little chocolate. I feel like you get a little tiny bit of chocolate. It's almost like a butter toffee thing for me. Well, guess what, Phil? Uh, you can add that to your bar collection. You can take oh, that bottle with I you. I was very it's prepared to not like it. Delightful dessert drink. I isn't think it? it is. I could yes. see myself sort of pouring this over ice cream or something, and I'm not joking about that. I feel like it. It's Listen, really. You good. know, in in the show we did uh, balsamic vinegar on ice cream in Modena, Italy. And oh. something you'd never think to do, and it works really well. Really, absolutely. Tasty stuff. Yeah. Now, how many? The new, the new, the next season. How many episodes we're going to have? We're going to do two seasons of five episodes each. Two seasons of five episodes. Yes. Each. I guess here's another question. We never really talked about this, but are you going to do some more scripted stuff? I mean, yes. you you are the man behind one of the biggest scripted comedies of all time. It's been completely forgotten. No. No. Get out of here. Come I, on. So we're we're. I never stopped trying to do it. Yeah. But what I did find was that the business had changed in the nine years that we were doing Raymond to the point where the moment Raymond was finished, I couldn't get another show like Raymond on the air. Now, not everything I do has to be like Raymond, but there's a certain tone and sensibility that I was finding at the time that we were done wasn't really that coveted anymore. Sure. It's almost like they treated Raymond as an anomaly, uh, a kind of show that kind of snuck in under the wire, so to speak, and did well, even though those kinds of shows apparently don't do well. I always thought that that was baloney because those types of shows, meaning the family sitcom, the sitcom that you can watch with your child or your grandparent, are the building blocks of television. These are the the greatest hits of television are lined with these types of shows, not necessarily the hip and edgy ones. Sure. Do you you attribute the change a lot to what was with the explosion of the streaming services and 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 HBO and sort of pushing things maybe? At that time, cable was pushing the boundaries, right? This was the time of Sex in the City and, and The Sopranos, you know. Yes. Literally, sex and violence. The more you could do that, the more they thought they'd get a younger audience. But yet, you had shows like Big Bang Theory, which just ended. Yes. Uh, 
Is there anything left now that's sort of doing that at this point? Multicam. I mean, Mom is still, but there's very few multi multicams went away. Well, one of. day at a time was was on Netflix, and now it's gonna it's moving to another network. The okay. remake. But that's a that's even from someone who worked with us on Raymond, Mike Royce. Yes, Mike Royce. That's his adaptation of the Norman Lear classic, One Day at a Time. Okay. And that has a huge following. See, I, I still think there's room. I mean, uh, Walton Goggins, friend of friend, he's got a show coming on CBS where he plays a divorced father of two, and it kind of sounds like I think it's a multi-cam. Yes. Kind of sounds like a traditional comedy. In I hate to say traditional, but I mean familiar sure. to me at least. I, I mean, sure. that's the way we came. That's the way I. Came Here, here's here's what I would say though. Also, it feels like the realism of Everose Raymond and. Even though it wasn't real, but Seinfeld it had could a, happen. Yes, but Seinfeld also is crazy. It, the dialogue was grounded in a uh, in a non-sitcomy way, if I can say. And it felt like you had in 2006, seven. It went back to this kind of more sitcomy, unrealistic, where you weren't invested in the characters as much. Street. As long as it works, right? Yeah, it's good. How many episodes of Raymond did you do? 210. And of those 210, are there any are there any that you say, well, I wish we didn't do those? <laughs> 209. 209? Be proud of everything. I can't say, listen, some you're more proud of than others, and especially early on you're kind of experimenting to see where the show lives. But I think there was a level of quality we did not go below. That's I think great. it's safe but, to but say. I, you know, I'll say this, Phil. There, there were a couple, I won't even name the episodes, but there were some episodes that you just didn't love, and, and you also are seeing the labor of Phil during the week to get the show up to the point where it's good on film night. So we carry with us the thing that the audience doesn't have. The audience just sees the finished product. But I remember there was an episode, and it wasn't our favorite, and I remember I had to deal with a woman. We were buying gifts for the Everest Raymond, everybody. She writes back, my favorite episode is this episode that right. we all thought was not you never loved know. it out of all, every episode that's my favorite episode so Love you it. never know I'm gonna get by the way because we're gonna bring this thing home soon can I get the Frosé they have Frosé and what Phil you were saying what's the other thing we should try they well get, the vodka lemonade you got two the frozen, frozen vodka drinks, lemonade frozen here. vodka lemonade and a Frosé please because there's a reason for this that's coming. There's a reason. It's completely unstructured, but I did yeah. All right. plan this part out. By the way, we haven't. It's a beautiful. The decor here yeah, is very let's unique. Let's talk about this. So, Phil, you're you're a little bit involved in this, right? In Eleven City. Can well, we, I felt this, we is say for, that? this is from Chicago, and I invest in restaurants. You know that. You I'm, do. I'm yeah. like in 2025 20, restaurants, and there's a very good reason for it. Um, I'm not very bright. <laughs> But I fell in love with this place in Chicago, and when I heard that they were going to come to L.A., I thought maybe I could be part of it uh, in a small way. I'm just a minor investor. Sure. But it's near my house, which I didn't know it was going to be so close to my this house This is at very the time. important to Phil. But I've learned this over the years getting yeah. to know Phil. Uh, geography and, and, and proximity to his house yes. is very important. Well, the older you get. Yeah. I, I feel the same way. The, the, the better that is. Um, I would drive to this place, though. I, I think it's that good. This is an idealized <laughs> deli diner. It just it just sounds funny from the outside. I'd be willing to get in my <laughs> car. And no, I, if this was on the west side, I would say, "Oh, can we go there?" Yes, it's a uh, this it's is a great actually how I want to eat now. It is. Yeah. You know, it's simple. And look at this. Oh. Oh, oh my, my God. Look at this. Wait a minute. 
That's beautiful. Uh, can we get a picture here, Tom? Hold on, we're gonna have to take a pictures. Hold up. <laughs> Double fisted. That's great. Yeah, good. good. So oh, these are frosty there. mugs filled with frozen lemonade with a slice of lemon on the side, and the frosé is frozen rosé with a strawberry on the side. Here. Who wants? What do you want? Phil? You I'll want the lemonade? It. Tom, you want to try this? And thing? Very beautiful early for this. sounds of my shutter in there for you. You got that? The frosé. Um, it's just a great slushy. It lo- and it it. it just and looks not really sweet. refreshing. Okay? Not sweet, right? No, no, this is great. You got they got a full bar here. It, it looks like it's an old. Don't school. you love a deli or diner it's, with a bar? I was shocked when I walked awesome. in. I said, "You got a full bar." This is you great. know what they do for me? They they ask me what my favorite tequilas were, and they keep a couple for me. What are your favorite tequilas? Well, there's a for special occasions. There's the Don Julio 1942. Mm-hmm. But I love the Herradura for every day, and I I love. Uh, the Sete Leguas. Sete Leguas. Yes. Did I say that yeah, right? Good, close enough. I think yeah. that's excellent. There's a lot of great ones. Fortaleza, one of my Fortaleza favorites. Fortaleza is amazing. Love Fortaleza. All three, like the oh, Reposado. So good. So The good. Blanco is great. So, Phil, when is, uh, when is the next season of uh, Somebody Feed Phil? Well, I, I'm going to start shooting it in August. Start so shoot. it'll probably won't be till 2020 at the earliest that you see it. Can we? Will ever in see the meantime, Tom? Though, will ever see Tom on any of the shows? Sure, he. Tom, we saw sure. Tom and you. Uh, well, Tom did a thing with Raymond on. What was that comedy thing on HBO? Your Pete Holmes' show. Oh, crashing! Yes, that crashing! Was great. I saw you do a little cameo with Ray. With Raymond. And I wondered if I'd ever see you on with. Phil. He's always welcome. I, 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 we just can't afford to fly him <laughs> anywhere. <laughs> I, you know where I wanted to go, but I had to go to. Phil did New York. He did Defar's Pizza and that place in New Jersey where I'm from. Oh, that would have been great. Raza's. Have you been to Raza's no, in New Jersey? Never been there. Jersey City. It's a seven-minute path train. Okay. From right. Manhattan. From Manhattan. It's, it's a pizza place. Probably. I'm gonna say, it's in the top three pizza places in, of my life. Wow. Okay. And Raza's. that's including Italy. Wow. Wow. Well, if you ever want to do a Philly episode, Phil, I do. I'm your I'm, man, born and raised. My we wife, can, too. We can go. and we, so Oh, your wife's So there's Philly. a downside, too. Okay, <laughs> there, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm happy. I'd love to do Because I, I, I see a lot of shows that get shot in Philly, and I go, they're not quite getting it. I don't think they're quite getting. There are places in northeast Philly, and some of the neighborhoods you just don't think of. Yeah. Where, man, if they would just go I have to tell there. you, no matter where I go and no matter what I do, yeah. there's always someone who says, you didn't do the real thing. You didn't do the real one. And, they're, they're, you know, other people are like, yes, I can't believe you went there. That's my favorite. But there's always somebody who's like, nah, you didn't go to my favorite. That sounded like Ray, by and the that's, way. And that's, that's, usually, like that's usually Tom saying it. Yeah. By the way, I, just to bring it a, a little bit for a circle, we opened with Petrus, the wine that I will never taste. And most you people might. that have ever, well, maybe. But a lot of the places you focus on in your food show are very, you know, are street carts and very Absolutely. accessible. Because you know why? First of all, yes, most people can't afford the four-star French meal. Uh, but I don't even want to eat the four-star French meal that much anymore. We do one splurge per show. Because I feel like if you're really on a vacation, you're going to do the one splurge <laughs> on that vacation. But the rest of the time, I want to eat like a regular person because I'm a regular person. Well, and what's amazing, Phil, is you're in good shape. I'm okay. And, and it's, how do you, as I get you, older, it's harder and how harder. How do you maintain when you're eating these you gotta foods? you got to pick your spots. Are you working out a lot when you're Every single thing? day. Every day. I yeah. try to have this app on the phone, and I try to do 90 minutes of some kind of activity, even if it's just walking, every day. 
because there is a there is I mean I mean this there is a day I mean if you're out and you're eating these kinds oh, of yeah. food all the time you gotta you gotta keep your shit together because if you don't it's it's gonna get bad real quick. Well, it's can gonna, I yeah. can I tell a a little bit of a secret from the audience that would know? Uh, there was at one point a fat Phil. So Phil was much heavier than he is now. Thirty pounds. Thirty pounds no, heavier. Yeah. And so twenty years ago. It, it, uh, on season one, two, three of Everose Raymond, we would have lunch in the, you know, Phil's logo for his company is Where's Lunch? And if you ever watch the series, at the end in the credits, there's a different plate of food presented as Phil's logo. Where's Lunch? So 200, I don't know, I guess you did. 210. 10 different plates of food. The last show was The Bill. The Bill, no charge. Okay. Yeah. And so at lunchtime, Phil loved lunch. Dessert every day. A, a, a sea Multiple. of dessert. A sea of dessert on the table. And then suddenly Phil had either a cholesterol scare yes. or couldn't finish into his pants or something. Yes. And <laughs> all of a sudden we all suffered because yes. Phil decided to get healthy. Right. And, and so I thought we should all get healthy. So desserts went away. Yep. He brought a guy into the writer's room yep. to lecture us on what not to eat and how to exercise. Yes. And then we all did. We all no more desserts. And we also... The Phil you look at on uh, Somebody Feed Phil, that rail-thin guy where you go, how is he so thin? He, he works out like mad, and the picking of the spots. So you don't see Phil with his fist in a bag of potato chips every night with sour cream dip. I but want to be yes, that. But do you feel like that it, 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 it enhances your enjoyment yes. of the food? Yes. Because if you don't feel good about yourself, yes. I don't know that it's, you know. I, I, it's as simple as this. I'm going to have steak Friday night. Maybe I'm not going to have steak for a week before that. Yeah. Now I have something to look forward to. It's going to be a special occasion. It's not going to be if you have if you had steak on Thursday and you're having it Friday, how special is it on Friday? That's right. It's like everything else. We're adults. We don't need ice cream after every meal. We don't? Oh no, I mean we don't. Yeah, right? No. <laughs> Tom, put that Sunday down. Save it for yeah. do it once a week. And once then, a week eat whatever you want. And then it's If you do that and you're kind of good the rest of the time, I'm not saying never. That would be no kind of life. But pick your spots. I like it. Words of wisdom from a man who knows. A man who knows eating. Phil Rosenthal, somebody feed Phil. Wait, I'm going to do a quick segment I do here, but I like to bring things home. It's called yes. What's Driving Me to Drink. Yes. You guys are going to stick around for this little part here? Can we chip in? Do you we, can have, do, here, we have a lot oh, of Oh, you can items. chip in. You can chip in. Here Phil goes. should put on his ear. Put on your headphones so you can okay. hear my little thing. Yes. And here we go. Uh, we're going to do it right now. It's driving me to drink. What's driving me to drink on this episode is frozen drinks. Okay, I've got and I've got it in front of me right now, and these are delicious. It's August, it's hot. And there ain't no cure for hot like cold. And there ain't no cold like frozen. And I hear tell the frozen things can be combined with drinky things, like we have right here. Yeah. Hmm. Just one problem. Most frozen drinks are all hat and no cattle, Phil. They lull you into a fantasy of ice and sugar with barely a smidge of the good stuff. Satan's hisself's ball juice. Sweet mother ethanol. Now, I'm not saying that every frozen drink turns you into a Bravo Channel watching wuss, but I am saying that every frozen drink says something about you. And I am here to tell you those somethings. So without further ado, frozen drinks and what they say about you deep down, Phil. Here we go. First up, got to go with the classic, pina colada. This cocktail exploded in popularity in 
late 1979, following the release of Rupert Holmes's chart topper, Escape, the Pina Colada song. But unlike Rupert Holmes, the Pina Colada proved to have staying power. This has always struck me as odd, too, because while the drink is exceedingly vile, a saccharine synthesis of pineapple juice, cheap rum, and cream of coconut that evokes a recurring nightmare I used to have involving the Stay Pup Marshmallow Man felching the Pillsbury Doughboy, Escape the Pina Colada song is delightful. Frankly, I'd say it holds its own against anything Harry Chapin or Jim Croce recorded in the 70s. Phil's looking at me like I'm crazy. Check the concept. Dude's tired of his old lady, takes out an ad in the personals, arranges a rendezvous with a stranger based on a shared affinity for cloyingly sweet frozen drinks, only to discover that the potential mistress is his old lady. Turns out that, just like him, she's a no-good cheater with lousy-tasting cocktails. So do they kill each other? No. I don't believe so. No, no way. They laugh it off throw back a few pina coladas and get jiggy with it right there in the dunes giving each other different strains of syphilis contracted from all the other lovers each had taken in the preceding months marriage saved tom caltabiano it's like cats in the cradle or time in the bottle but with more boning okay still rather than taking his rightful place alongside america's greatest singer songwriters after escape rupert holmes only went on to win a tony and a drama desk award for his career shifting work on Broadway. Slacker. Apparently he's also British. So what does drinking pina coladas say about you? Frankly, that's between you and whatever anthropomorphic desserts you're felching behind your spouse's back. But between me and you, it means you have syphilis. Okay. Next up, the Cosmopolitan Slushy. Tom, you like those, right? You Don't you? Never had one. Never had one? Well... I think of this drink the way I think of pre-Columbus America. Someone wealthy was eventually going to figure out it was there, and when they did, they would inevitably commit a series of heinously unethical acts, causing untold misery and sorrow. Should the desire to order this libational abomination ever arise, you are advised to immediately shout, Geronimo, and punch yourself in the face. Hard. If the urge to consume this calamitous cocktail continues punch yourself again with the same exclamation only harder right in your stupid fat face preferably by wearing a large ring the goal here is that swift contingent stimulation will inhibit the recurrence of your puerile cocktail cravings and you will move on to something further down the list perhaps something starting with an m if operant conditioning does not work, however, and you continue to drink cosmopolitan slushies, what it says about you is that you are a terrible person who has a hard-on for manifest destiny and American exceptionalism. Wow. Tom, is this too much for you right now? No, wow. Right, that's, okay. a lot, that's a lot to draw from a Cosmo slushie. Yeah. Banana daiquiri. Guys who think it's okay to order banana daiquiris tend to be the same guys who think it's okay to wear banana hammocks. And I'm totally cool with that. I'm wearing one now. Phil's got one on right now. On his head, though. Moving on. The margarita. There is no doubt that a traditional margarita is one of the 11 greatest cocktails ever invented. Would you agree, Tom? And yes, a delicious yeah. cocktail. Of course. Deli triple Phenomenal. Tequila, triple sec, lime juice, over ice, simple, sublime, sexy. And when you think about it, what could be wrong with dumping the whole shebang into a Cuisinart and blending it to a state of light and frothy deliciousness? After all, you're not changing the essence of the drink, just the form. 
So why am I so turned off by frozen margaritas? One word, people, history. History tells us loud and clear that messing with a successful original is the most dangerous game. Sure, Dick Sargent was a slight improvement over the first Dick, who played Darren Stevens on Bewitched, but for every one of those isolated success stories, there are countless examples of tweaks to the original that didn't take. New Coke, Skinny Jonah Hill, Gus Van Sant's Psycho, everything CNN has done since 2001. If you drink frozen margaritas, it means you like sober Charlie Sheen. And you have my sincerest apologies. And finally, we bring it home with the mint julep. Is the mint julep technically a frozen drink? Have you ever been to Kentucky in the summer? Am I technically having a conversation with someone? Or am I sitting alone talking into a microphone, constructing some sort of elaborate Rumsfeldian maze of self-querying? The answer is shut up, Internet. You don't exist. Say <clears throat> so yeah, it's hot right now. And if you need a cold, cold drink that won't put you into a shame spiral, it's hard to do better than a julep. So I honestly don't give a rat's ass if it's frozen or not. If you make it right, the outside of the julep cup gets all frosty. Does that count? Does a bear shit on the Pope? <laughs> if you're drinking a mint julep it means you value simplicity you don't care about technicalities and you aren't afraid to have a conversation with yourself and finally the peach fuzzy you know this drink the peach fuzzy no i do not know a peach fuzzy it's kind of you know you're thinking i know you're probably thinking tom or phil because i'm telling you you're thinking this pink lemonade vodka fresh juicy peaches all we need is the Pillsbury Doughboy, some crazy straws, and a real Housewives marathon, and we've got ourselves a rage-ass party! Funny thing is, I was thinking the same thing. And you know what that says about us? It says it's time to get our brain freeze on. I'm going to have this drink that I got in front of me here. Mm. And with that, I want to thank Phil Rosenthal. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing better than watching... <laughs> Someone laughing at their own material. This was a, thank you for inviting me to listen to your monologue. <laughs> a closing monologue. I told you this was going to happen at the end of the show. This, no, it's fine. And it's, I yeah. enjoyed that. That yes. was very well written and delivered. Thank you. Written? No, I, that was off the cuff. Oh. Really? Yeah, what do you oh. mean? Oh, because you were like reading a, from a screen. Did I look like I was yeah, reading yeah. that? No. no. What, what is a peach fuzzy? Is it really? It's really those things. Lemonade. Lemonade, vodka, peaches. What about up. a Bellini? That's not frozen. Well, that's not frozen. But, right. I mean, you could probably figure out a way to I'd frozen. rather have that. Yeah, I'd rather have that. So, Phil Rosenthal, somebody feed Phil. You yes. can find that on Netflix. Phil, what's your, uh, what's your uh, Instagram? Where are they Phil. Find- Rosenthal Phil. on the dot- Instagram. Phil Rosenthal on Twitter. Something else on Facebook. Tom Caltabiano, as always, we love having you on. Where do people find you, Tom? Uh, you know, Dan, look for pictures of you and Phil on Tom Caltabiano photo. Look for that. We're going to on have Instagram. Those on, on Instagram. On Instagram. Tom Caldebano. I'm at the Imbiber. Send me messages. I want to thank the folks here at 11 City. You need to come here. It's in the mid-Wilshire area. 5,400 block of Wilshire, actually. Uh, yes. Come check it out. they got great food. We're about to eat some. Uh, until next time, uh, I'm Dan Dunn reminding you that drinking a peach fuzzy means you've lost all capacity for shame. Nice. That's all I got.